Hey guys! Hope everyone is having a- uh, Hey, welcome to Ouch My Thirties, <clears throat> your host of Alcohol Pepper, talking about the decade that no one prepared us for. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've wanted to address some things sooner, uh, but I really, unlike some people, wanted to take my time. And I guess I'll start with a quote that uh, has stood out to me. Dave Chappelle recently released a, a comedy uh, special, you could call it, um, you know, short, uh, called Eight Minutes and 46 Seconds, referring to the amount of time that Derek Chauvin uh, kneeled on George Floyd's neck, uh, resulting in his murder. Um, and in that video, in that comedy special, Dave Chappelle says, White women, I support you. But if you all don't shut the fuck up. And that really stood out to me. Uh, and look, I'll stop talking about rich white women when rich white women start talking about, stop talking about me. And but I, what I mean by that is the amount of Instagramming Facebooks from rich white girls, because it really ain't white guys, talking about my literal destiny as a black man in this country. You know, all I have seen is white people telling other white people how to white people. So many directives and orders and declarations that I've never heard a black person be asked about. And I've seen black people share versions of this. But most importantly, I mean, anecdotally, I think I can say this. Look at any Black Lives Matter march. Predominantly white people. I don't know what black people are doing uh, well, I know what black people are doing. They've done their part. We've done our part. We don't need to necessarily uh, engage in these visual displays of solidarity and expressions of frustration with the state of affairs in this country. Okay, White people wake up, rich white people wake up from their uh, racism coma and then swoop down to be like, oh my God. So yeah, all I've seen is rich white girls Telling, all right, we got to defund the police. Okay, then you got to go to this senator. Okay, we got to repeal this thing. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I have not seen a national town hall convened of black congressmen, business leaders, and uh, sociologists of African-American ancestry discussing what needs to happen first. All I've seen is fucking memes of white girls uh, telling my confused white male friends that their silence is is uh, can be conflated with supporting the Nazi party. Like, you know, a buddy of mine messaged me. He's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't... I'm not racist, bro. Like, I don't, what do I do? You know, and it's like... Yeah, like, they're ignorant in a lot of ways. Like, a lot of my white male friends. To the reality of race, race relations. But they're not evil men who want... Who, you know, believe in, in white supremacy. Some of them just want time to fucking think and prog- uh, process what's happening in this country, which is, which is something a lot of us could stand to do. And a lot of them are just like, do you need my voice? And some would argue, yes, we need every white voice to speak up. Even if those voices are inarticulate and uninformed, sometimes it's good for y'all to shut the fuck up, to quote David Chappelle. Um, and this manifests itself in so many different ways. Um, random, I was walking earlier. And I'm on a sidewalk in this small town that I'm in. It's a small sidewalk. And I see a couple in front of me, you know, millennial, mid-30s, my contemporary white couple. And when you're, cro- when you're walking on the sidewalk, there's a move you do in a civilized town, a small town. Any town, really. You do the 45-degree shoulder, uh, shoulder back to let them pass. You know, you give them a berth. In New York City, 
which is where I'm assuming these people were from, because there's a bunch of bio-gentrifiers escaping Corona to colonize this small town because it's quaint to them. I could tell they were not from uh, the, the town that I'm in. But she's walking completely square shoulder, and I'm getting ready to give her the 45 degrees, and she just barks, excuse me. And in that moment, I could tell, A, she wasn't going to move at all. B, she was wearing a Wu-Tang Clan shirt. And those two things, I said, nah, B, nah. So I kept my shoulders square, and kabow, we collide. And I look back, and I'm like, yo, nice Wu-Tang Clan shirt. Black Lives Matter, cunt. Now, it was in that moment that I realized uh, a black man's powers only go so far in the structure of the hierarchy of oppression. Because white women, as we saw with Amy Cooper, will very quickly turn the clock back to 1857 if you cross them. This woman was just an obnoxious, entitled New York biatch. And she wasn't going to move because she didn't think she had to, or she has an important job, or she's a director, and, you know, when if someone mansplains her at her job, they get fired. Uh-uh. I'm a black man who's been in these streets for too long to not have someone show the courtesy. She was making no effort to move out of the way. She was just like, I'm not moving because I'm a woman, and that's a man. He may be black, but black lives matter don't, don't matter that much in comparison to a rich white woman who is me and important in the world. Mwahahahaha. <laughs> So then I ran because I didn't want to get arrested and shot. I think some Blackhawks were dispatched. We have eyes on target. He uh, called a rich white woman a cunt, uh, even though she is one, and wouldn't move while wearing a black light, wearing a Wu-Tang Clan shirt. It's like, oh, God, that her wearing that pissed me off as she bumped into me. So, you know, we'll see how far these rich white liberals give a fuck about us, guys. Uh, talking to the niggas in the audience. Because uh, I just don't buy it. I, I think they're, you know, rich, affluent support. And again, let me remind you, I'm making a very strong distinction between uh, poor or working class white people and rich white people because they're vastly different. I talk about in my set a lot that, you know, black, conserv- black people are wildly conservative, religious, gun-noting, uh, homophobic in a lot of instances people. And so are rednecks. So those two groups have more in common with each other than some white bitch with a Wu-Tang Clan shirt on uh, bumping into black dudes on the street because she thinks she can. And again... I was going to give her the 45 degrees, but she barked, excuse me, with no effort. 33 years in New Yorker, I can tell when someone's not going to move. Duval, you shouldn't have called her a cunt. Fuck you. Uh, So there's a a couple of other things that just bothered me about the rich white response to uh, George Floyd's murder, which that could have gone so many directions. And yes, we, we did move the needle in a lot of ways. But it just seemed like the second afterwards, like it, the conversation just got so co-opted. And as I said before, it's like black pain has become the paramilitary wing of rich white liberals' uh, ideological whimsies. You know, they see our pain, they're like, oh yeah, black lives matter. And also smash the patriarchy and save the whales. And it's like, hey, whoa, 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 no, we are solely focused on black lives matter. Yeah, but the patriarchy and Trump remind me of my dad, so you're going to help me smash that by you guys riding in the streets and destroying your own neighborhoods, and if it gets too bad, I'm going to go back home to Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah. Because we need, like, you know, they're talking about, like, white silence is violence, or, you know, shut up this type of white person and this other type of white person speak up. We need to have the conversation with the Ford F-250 driving guy with the Blue Lives Matter uh, bumper sticker in his rear window. We need that guy. You're not going to change his mind necessarily. 
But if you can get him to understand why we're in the streets and why there's this frustration, you would do so much more for our society than some rich white girl marching with her lesbian friends to take selfies at a Black Lives Matter march that no black people are at. To go back to their neighborhoods where they have Black Lives Matter banners in the window, but of course there are no black people living in that neighborhood, except for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just like, we gotta we have to abolish police, or we have to defund police. Uh, and it's like, bitch, who, who, who voted on that initiative? That's all I'm seeing. I'm seeing all these posts of what needs to happen next, and they seem to be governed by rich, affluent white girls. And I know this just makes me seem like a frothing fucking sexist, but it's not about sex. It's about power. And poor, working-class white women I love, and they are the ones who I would rather listen to than some Becky who's been telecommuting for the past three months and has no sense of danger or urgency in her life. She just has the luxury to be like, yeah, let's fucking destroy society because if it gets too hot, um, I don't have to go out into it because I can just have uh, Uber Eats and Grubhub and uh, all the other accoutrement of modern living uh, just come to my apartment and you people will have to fight for your lives in the streets as I watch above in my uh, ivory palace. Please understand that's where I'm coming from, you know? And I've just known them for so long, and I just see the, the, the permutations and evolutions of rich white girls in, in the world that just, again, when they stop talking about my destiny and literally talking about how my life is going to proceed forward in the form of political policy and culture and articles and the Huffington Post and shit, then I'll shut up. But for so long as I see my destiny being forged by them, uh-uh, daddy's got a lot more to say. And, you know, and, and whether it's females or males, like rich white liberals, they have the luxury of disparaging conciliation. And what I mean by that is like, they're like, no, like if you, if you're pro-cop or if you're, if any not extremely left ideology, they say, shut that pe person down. They don't get to speak. They don't get to have, uh, they're not important. They're not necessary. We need to destroy Trump supporters uh, ideologically. And it's like, black people have sweat equity in this country. And some of us want, some of us need there to be reconciliation because it's easy for a rich white person to say, yeah, fuck it, but blow it all up. We'll just rebuild. And it's like, some of us can't rebuild. Some of us are so intertwined with the fabric of this fucked up country that we have to see it through. I don't know. I do know, but whatever. And then like, you know, I got all these, it's, I got all these fucking girls messaging me being like, you Okay. I'm like, yeah, J. Crew only sent half of my linen suit. I'm a little fucking uh, torn up about it, but I'll be okay. They're like, no, I mean with everything going on. It's like, newsflash, sweetheart, 33-year-old black man, been dealing with this my entire life, okay? The, it's just the condescension and the amount of visibility of, of, of a certain type of person in this racial conversation is staggering to me. I, I, I shouldn't... White people should just take a knee and be quiet. Well, that came out wrong. Uh, well, hmm, interesting. Most interesting. Support black-owned businesses. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, until you gentrify them out of your fucking neighborhoods that you moved into. There are no black neighbor businesses in the fucking neighborhoods where you live. You got to go three states over to find a black business because you pushed them all out. And not all black businesses are great, and I shouldn't feel pressured to do to patronize one. 
Some, look, my dad owned a business. And I ain't ever fucking going to that place. <laughs> That's the place. My dad owned a juice bar before he went back to prison. And this place was like a fucking uh, Count Blackula's castle. It was like uh, 148th Street, you know, the depths, the border of Harlem and the Bronx. This is like a like in Willow or uh, an 80s fantasy movie where you go to like a bog and I show up in my BMW and I walk in and I'm the approach to entering my dad's like uh, ghetto Castlevania. You know, there's this like niggas on top of mailboxes hunched over like ghetto gargoyles like... I'm, you know, and I had to like hold up my holy cross to like ward them off, and they like flew back with their Air Force Ones. <laughs> and I enter, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, is my is my dad around? Is uh, is George around?" They're just like, uh, "Who are you?" Oh, he said, "Yeah, I guess he said who are you." I'm like, uh, "It's his son." He goes, "Which one?" I was like, "Oh boy." Uh, he ended up not being around, but yeah, it was just. I mean. Support black-owned businesses, but the point is they're not around anymore because you white people push them away. Uh, just wanted to share that little anecdote about my father. But yeah, you know that that woman with the Wu Tang Clan shirt that bumped into me—it's like it's whatever. But there, there there was an Amy Cooper situation ready to ready to fucking happen again, and it's like they know it. Rich white women know it, and they're pretending that they give a fuck right now. But when they have a second kid and have a third mortgage or whatever the fuck, or they got to worry about, you know, $80,000 a year private school, these white women are not going to be fucking protesting with us, okay? Yeah, there's a couple of old white women out there now, but they're just like blissfully still high from the 60s being like, yeah, this is just like when we were kids. Come on, people now. Shout out your brother. Not quite how the song goes, but you get my point. Beware them bearing fruits. Yeah, black people, we got to do this on our own. You know, until we purify our own neighborhoods, you know, stop with the bullshit, stop murdering each other, which is something no one wants to talk about. But yes, black-on-black violence is the leading cause of black death. It is not racist cops, unfortunately. So let's solve the basic shit first, or at least have the basic shit addressed and solved before we go out and deal with these external factors that are pressing against us. You know, there's that old... There's a... There's a, a, a stoic philosophy which is like limit your happiness to what your own unaided efforts can achieve and focus on the things that you can control and don't worry about the things that you can't now this is a very uh you know cosmic way of addressing the horrible shit that's going on right now but why wouldn't we why wouldn't we look inwards to look around our neighborhoods and say let's get all this shit straight while we're fighting this external war that's just basic warfare you know you can't fight uh a foreign enemy while you have inner strife within your own walls and, 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 and uh, borders. That's just common, that's just basic military history. So if you want to wage this war, we should try to figure out how we can help ourselves in all the ways possible while we're dealing with white supremacy and racist police force, uh, racist policing. But no one wants to talk about that, and you're labeled a fucking Uncle Tom or a racist if you do. Oh, well. All right, I feel like I've thrown a lot at you guys. Uh, black-owned businesses. Again, like, again, like, rich white girls. <laughs> if you're a rich white girl listening, look, I love you, babe. I'm just trying to protect myself and my family and the people in my family that I care about. Because the way it's being done is fucking crazy. You know, like, I saw this girl talking about, like, you know, cops kneeling and hugging us and showing solidarity is like an abusive boyfriend coming back. Bitch, you do not get to decide that, you know? It's like, 
if there's reconciliation in these highly policed neighborhoods that are highly policed because of rich white girls presence there in the first place a good relationship between the community and cops is not a bad thing again that's a luxury a rich white person has which is to be like no i say we don't need cops unless i call upon them of course all right sirens in the background it's not about you guys it's not you can you can sit down white silence is not violence white silence is fucking bliss let black people talk because i really have not seen like don lemon does not speak for me (laughs) all right i need more voices having more public dialogues and and not fucking taylor swift telling the president he's like what are we doing like jesus christ we need reconciliation on so many levels and it just astonishes me that so many people want to put a martin luther king uh, you know meme up or a poster of them on their lawn but when they get to the non-violence part and institutionalizing uh his pro which is what he knew he had to do martin luther king understood that his acts of civil disobedience would become institutionalized and that was the goal rich white girls are on this kick of like no, no institutions. Destroy the institutions. And it's like, yes, that's easy for you to say because you've been benefiting from them from your enti- for your entire fucking life. You know? And I don't know what delusional world you think you're going to live in after that, post-institution. But some of us recognize that like, we need some of these things in place because in those institutions are civil rights protections that we need. In these institutions is the sweat equity and, and blood of African-American soldiers in the Second World War that advanced... The position of black people in this country because we fought a war for a racist country against a racist country like you don't get to be our military is racist army police are racist yes for fucking sure but a lot of black people have died in the service of that not because they didn't they weren't aware that this institution was racist but because they knew that it would advance the case of black people as fucked up as it was so you know black people may want in some part some institutions to remain in place because a lot of them have helped us despite how contradictory many of them are and hypocritical in their execution of their oath that all men are created equal this is recorded on june 13th 2020 when a large enough audience, right now I think I have like 12 subscribers, but one day when you guys go to the back catalog and I have 100,000 subscribers, remember, my life was pretty fucked up at this point and I'm very happy to be looking back hearing this. I'm happy you're able to be looking back hearing this. All right, that was weird. Hey guys, uh, hopefully race problems are addressed soon and I can go back to talking about my dad, my family, my travels. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's a beautiful day. Go have fun. I'm going to go try to have sex with some white girls. Later.